You know, you know, there's just something about that music rocking out. It's just something just a little bit sweeter after a dominating shulable victory. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You love to see it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inside the Burrow, the FEU podcast for and by Owls fans presented by FEUOwlsNest.com. That is right. Another shulable in the bag. You just love to see it, Kirk, huh? I can't beat it. Beating, uh, beating the boys down south. There's nothing better. There's, there's, there's nothing better. Maybe, maybe Marshall losing as well. But <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. That's, as that's, okay. not, that's just icing on the cake. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a tasty cake. Uh, hey, so FAU wins Shula Bowl 20, 58 to 21. Uh, by the way, that is the uh, that's a new record for most points scored by a single team uh, in a Shula Bowl uh, contest. FAU improves to three and two on the year. Uh, and we're now sitting one and own conference play. Something that's probably even more important in the grand scheme of things. Let's be honest here. And we're going to talk about conference, uh, conference USA a little bit later. Uh, and you know what, how, what that all means, but man, I, I mean, I, not only am I just relieved and happy that we won, but I'm relieved that we won in fashion. I'm relieved that we let our, our talent just win a game. Right. I think the best part about the game is just the balance you saw. You saw the offense get off to an incredible fast start, scoring in the first first drive of the game. Thing we've been begging for week after week, seeing a fast start, not seeing a three and out, and just the overall balance from the offense. Four hundred yards passing, just under three hundred yards rushing. You know, obviously putting up seven hundred yards of offense against your rivals is great because you know it's something we were seeing. You know, kind of going back to the Kiffin era. Um, when we put up these massive offensive numbers, but seeing the balance that we just we seem to be missing this year, you know, the offensive line creating some holes, hitting some big plays, Johnny, Johnny Ford getting out, you know, hitting that 89 yard pass, you know, for a touchdown, just finally getting to see him explosive in open field. Cause I feel like that's kind of the thing we've been missing from Ford. We've been waiting for those big splash plays and, and you know, they finally hit. Um, kind of something we were missing all of last year on offense as well. So seeing it was kind of just everything finally coming together that we've been hoping for under the Taggart era, you know, for the past year and a half watching FAU. Yeah. I, I, I like that. You kind of said it, it reminded you a bit of the Lane Kiffin era and Lane Kiffin offense, because, you know, the fast start, the trick plays um, some interesting formations as well, but then also just, just outpacing everyone. The big plays were great. Uh, Johnny Ford, uh, 100 yards rushing, uh, 90 yards receiving. He dude had almost 200 yards in total. You absolutely love to see it, and that's what's something that we've been looking forward to for a long time from him. So, uh, and hey, by the way, uh, Nick Tronti, how about him? Came on in five of six for 68 yards. Uh, ran the ball well as well, uh, 32 yards rushing. Really good to see him to get some reps, don't you think? He's really starting to turn into a closer for FAU, you know, from, you know, kind of going back to a couple of years. And now it seems like it's the role he's been, uh, he's built for. So Kirk and the two, there's two games in coach Taggart's tenure here in paradise uh, that I have seen that I've really enjoyed. You know, a lot of games don't go out to fast starts. A lot of games we struggle, especially last year, the Charlotte game comes to mind, so on and so forth. Um, but at FIU last year and hosting FIU this year, uh, I don't know what it is about Coach Taggart playing that in-state team, but it, it, we seem to turn it on. Maybe it's a player thing. Maybe it's just the, the focus throughout the week is a little 
more intense because the players know it's a rivalry game. we got to make sure we get it right. But if we can replicate that success from last year's FIU, FIU's game, uh, the Shula Bowl this year, I mean, you, you have to think that the Coach Taggart tenure, the Coach Taggart era at FAU is going to be a successful one. Well, yeah, the only, the only question is whether that can be consistent enough. You know, one thing, you know, kind of transitioning to that, the consistency, because at home we have been consistent. It yeah. seems like when we go on the road is where we've lost this consistency. I was kind of before we recorded, I was looking at it like FAU is yet to win a game where they boarded a plane under Willie Taggart. The only game we've won on the road is at FIU, which can we even really call that a road game when you're just driving an hour down south? I mean, even when you look at the bowl game, that's still neutral site. You know, we played a decent second half against Memphis, but every game, whether if it's under circumstance, you know, last year, Marshall and half the team was out with COVID. Um, it just seems like we never have a great effort on the road. So is that more of a thing or is it just a chance of circumstance? So I think that's really kind of where this week is a big step to see how we can transition into playing a good, playing a good game on the road. What is it even a, a, an away game when we play at FIU? I, I feel like we always bring a good amount of fans either way. Uh, yeah. The record there is strong. I think that that is evidence of, of how important a home field advantage is. I mean, we still have one of the, the longest home field winning streaks in the country. Uh, almost 25,000 fans was the official attendance from the Shula Bowl, great crowd for the third time this year, you know, and, and it was everyone. I, I've, in my FU Allison S takeaways, I've kind of talked a little bit about how the students have been showing out, but the other side, mm -hmm. uh, the alumni side, home side, whatever you want to call it, has been a bit weak. But I mean, that home, oof, that home side today, I mean, it was going all the way up to the tower, you know, the end zones look good. Obviously, the student sections, it's, I, I we're, I, we're maybe getting a, you know, a bit of a home field advantage here, which is something that we've always kind of wanted. Uh, and if we can, we can have that continue again, kind of going back to really Taggart era, uh, it could be a very successful one. I mean, you do that, you're at least winning your division. I'd say you say you win the games that you're supposed to win on the road. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with the, with the Shula Bowl victory, the Owls improved to three and two on the year. Um, but speaking of road games, uh, this is probably this week, this Saturday, will most likely be the most difficult road game beyond Florida and Air Force. We're talking about conference play here now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, most difficult road game that I think we're going to see. Uh, we're playing UAB, defending conference champions. Really good team. And, and something that's really cool is we, we all know about the – you know, the UAB story that they've had over the last decade, uh, an amazing story. And, and, and they just opened up a brand new stadium really close to campus, just on the other side of downtown. Uh, beautiful stadium. It's called Protective Stadium. We are going to be the second ever game at that stadium. I, there was rumors that we might be the first one. I'm kind of happy that we weren't. Um, but, th but that being said, uh, here's something that FAU fans uh, could relate to. UAB lost their stadium opening game against Liberty, a pretty solid Liberty team, uh, 36 to 12. Uh, the game was pretty close at halftime, a defensive game. But in the third quarter, uh, 
that stout blazer defense or we've kind of gotten used to over the years, let Liberty quarterback uh, Malik Wallace just run over them in the third quarter. And, and if you've been following G5 football, uh, and, or even if you're more of an NFL guy, you need to know about um, Malik. He is an absolute baller and he's going to do some good things in the league. Uh, and he is definitely the catalyst on that Flames offense. Uh, I'm happy we don't have to play <laughs> play Liberty, that's for yeah, sure. No uh, but, but either way, this is going to be a tough challenge in Birmingham. They're going to have a great home crowd. Uh, it's going to be the first conference game in that stadium. Uh, again, they are defending champions. They were favored by most media outlets to not only win the West Division, but also win the conference. Uh, so tough test. Uh, Kirk, looking at UAB, what do you think maybe a key to victory for FAU is going to have to be? You know, I, I think getting off to a good start again. I, I think if they can bring that consistency, what they saw against FIU, because I think if, you know, similar to the Air Force game, if you got off to a slow start, I'm assuming there'll probably still be a really good crowd there again for the second home game, um, you know, especially with what Bill Clark's built over there with the fan base and the students and everything. I would imagine, you know, you'll see a good crowd. So if you kind of let things snowball and, you know, you start playing from behind, um, you know, maybe you might see Nikosi start pressing again and maybe some forcing some throws instead of taking what's there. Um, you know, getting some stops early on. I mean, definitely a team, UAB is not going to be more talented than us. You know, the talent's going to be pretty level. We'll, we probably have the edge on talent. Um, just, you know, I think the the things which you're going to wait to see is, is how do they react on the road? Um, you know, if, if they make some plays early, jump out to a good lead, I think we will win that game because I think you could see something similar to what happened a couple of years ago when we faced them in the conference championship game, because I think we could be, I think we have better athletes overall. So if we can get off that good start and get some confidence, that's really the key to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the last time FAU and UAB played was in the uh, 2019 conference crusade championship uh, here in Boca, here in paradise. Uh, and that was also uh, Lane Kiffin's last game. As a uh, Owls head coach, FAU won that one 49 to six, jumped all over the Blazers. Uh, I mean, Blazers didn't even score a, a touchdown that day. It was just two field goals. And uh, yeah, Coach Bill Clark, uh, he's, he's building something great in Birmingham. And, and he had a lot of high praise uh, for the Owls. Uh, this morning, he said that it's the same really strong, stout FAU defense, despite different schemes that the Blazers had to face two years ago. So uh, he will definitely have his boys ready to play, no doubt. Uh, and I like how you mentioned that we, you know, if we're able to start off fast like we did in the Shula Bowl, I think that'd be great because one of your takeaways was that you didn't like when Nikozi, when he has to throw a lot, especially downfield, that's not really the type of quarterback that he is. And we saw that against Air Force where those deep throws were really forced. Um, and he was forced to maybe do some things that he's not quite comfortable yet. Um, I think that's a great point. My point's going to be is stopping the running game. I, I think both the fast start and stopping the running game, uh, when we're able to see both of those, like we did in the Shula Bowl, I, I think we're, we're going to see great things, no doubt. Uh, and it will be a challenge. UAB no longer has that really solid running back, Spencer Brown. Now they have Jermaine Brown Jr., no relation. I know, confusing. Uh, but, but he's a threat, dude. Nine carries, 106 yards against a, a solid not great, but a solid Liberty defense. Uh, so we're definitely going to have to contain him. 
it, I'm, but I'm just happy we were able to show that we can contain rush defense. Georgia Southern, obviously, yeah. you know, a bit something. Air Force walked all over. Uh, but we were able to contain uh, Devontae Price, who is one of the conference's best running backs. So I, I, I think – Not I only think, they – And we're going to see a more traditional offense. You know, I throw the Air Force game out the window, I think, in this yeah. case. You know, it's – being able to do what we did against Vontae Price, I think, bodes well going into this week because we're going to see, you know, a traditional Conference USA-type offense. And speaking of traditional offense, uh, I would like for the Owls to maybe use some of that speed to the line of scrimmage and speed to the next play that we saw uh, against FIU. And I, I think when we've kind of done that throughout the year, we've shown a lot of success. UAB is going to want to slow things down, obviously not to the extent of Air Force, uh, we're, like you said, we'll throw that one out, but it still triggers me a little bit. Um, it's tough not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think those are going to be great, great keys, no doubt. Fast start, stop the run. We got that. I really like our chances. Even though we're going into Birmingham as the underdogs, um, I-, I think it'll be massive. And-, and-, and one of the biggest games of the season for FAU uh, because it has a lot to do with conference play. And speaking of conference play, now that it's really – out now it sucks and speaking of conference play now that it's really swinging uh we're gonna have to start talking about it i'm not sure if you all have seen the uh eastern division standings uh but fau is tied for first place with charlotte charlotte beat middle tennessee a couple weeks ago uh i i I think that's great for the team's confidence so yeah it was just against fiu but listen uh you know look what's going on at marshall marshall was 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 picked by a lot to win the East and also by some to uh, win the conference outright. They're in last place in the division. They're down there with Old Dominion and FIU. Uh, Kirk, who in the East division right now kind of you think is, is your biggest threat? Is it still Marshall? I, I still want to say it's Marshall. Um, you know, although I, you know, then losing the middle to state kind of seems to just come out of nowhere, but Middle Tennessee always seems to do these weird things where they just win a game you don't expect. Um, you know, Western Kentucky still is a little bit of cause for concern just because we're going at Western, but we always seem to have Western's number at the same time. But, you know, I, I still don't really know how to judge Western because they've played some tough – they've played a tougher schedule so far. And you have Bailey Zappi putting up these monster numbers every week. But, I mean, when you look at the game they played – this past Saturday, I feel like most of those numbers came when they were the game was already in hand, and you know what defense is on the field, you know who's performing. So I, you know, it's get a, it's a tough judge because I mean I think Charlotte gives me nervous because Charlotte always plays us tough as well. You know, veteran QB and Chris Reynolds seems like a fifteen year senior at this point. Um, so I mean, I think winning. Even though it's a game against the Western Division, winning this game is really important because sometimes those games you play against the Western Division kind of swing the odds. Because if you put, win that. your games against the West, um, you know if we're you know we're kind of seeing both ends. We're playing UTEP, which you know, granted they're four and one. Who would have thought? Um, but you know, you kind of consider at the bottom of the the Western Division, and we're playing UAB. So I mean, it's like you know, we're, we're facing the top and the bottom. So if you win those games, you, you kind of give that leeway to maybe lose one against someone along the way. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy you mentioned four and one UTEP. They're two games away from boy eligibility. Uh, absolutely love to see it. <laughs> that, that, that is awesome. I, I feel like that program hasn't been relevant in a decade. 
at least since we've been in the conference. I guess when they had Aaron Jones, they had Aaron Jones, yeah. but they were still going one and eleven during those years. It was just Aaron Jones and a bunch of other dudes. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the Alfred Morris years, um, especially that 2011 yeah. year, no doubt. Um, I, I I do think that Western Kentucky worries me. I mean, they're going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to be quick to the quick to the next play. Uh, it really seems like they kind of revitalized that high scoring, high octane, high octane hilltopper offense that we kind of got used to, like in 2014, 15, 16. Um, so uh, with Brandon Dowdy, Mike White, so on and so forth, you know, a lot of great quarterbacks um, up there in Bowling Green. So I, I, I would say Western Kentucky, considering their tough schedule, yeah, they lost to Michigan State, but shoot, they played better than Miami did. And, and, and you know, the Hilltoppers were on the road for that one. So uh, I, I would say I'm, I'm a bit worried about the toppers. I know we were talking a lot about how they're probably overhyped, but so far so good. I think Zappi is, is the real deal. Um, Marshall, I mean, you, you can see what they can do when they played Navy. Navy just beat UCF last weekend. Granted, yes, I know UCF no longer has Don Gabriel because of the injury, but still a solid win. UCF can probably out-talent just about everyone else in that conference, even without Gabriel quarterback. So and Marshall uh, gave everything to they had against App State. I mean, they took out I mean, they probably out outplayed App State that night. They did. They just App State found a way to win, found a way to win the, win the game. So I mean, the, the talent's there. I mean, Marshall I think can beat anybody in this conference on any given day. But clearly, they showed they can lose to anybody too. So yeah, it's quite funny that they uh, they fired their head coach because they couldn't close out games. And you know, I guess it wasn't the coach's fault. Maybe she's a cultural thing. You know. Uh, beats me. I, I don't want to talk too much about them uh, out of pocket. Um, but, but before you sign off, guys, we actually, speaking of conference play, we want to give a little update on the whole conference realignment spiel. Uh, last time last time we talked, Kirk, uh, we knew that Boise and San Diego, San Diego State were going to say no. Uh, a few days later, report came out saying that Colorado State and Air Force uh, are going to say no to the American Conference as well. Now, we were worried because if the Air Force Academy in Colorado State went to the American, we, we, you know, we were kind of nervous what that would do to our spot. You know, we, we would think that UAB is going to go no matter what, but then who would it be after that? UTSA, us, uh, maybe they, I don't know, would be able to poach Army or bring Army back into conference play after um, not liking how they were handled handling their time in Conference USA in the past because they – like we mentioned, they want to kind of stay independent. Uh, but I, I think this plays right into our hands. Um, the Alliance on Twitter, if you guys haven't seen it, you got to see it. I mean, it's UAB, UTSA, FAU, and Charlotte. I, I think those four schools will be getting the call. Uh, and, and one reason why is because there's not really a lot of animosity between those schools and schools that are already in the American Conference that are already in those states. So, for example... SME, SMU and UTSA, fine. Uh, ECU and Charlotte, fine. Uh, us and USF. I've, I've gotten word, I and mean, granted this is weeks ago, that USF has no desire to veto uh, FAU's inclusion into the American. They are A-OK -okay with it. Uh, granted, you know, things might have changed. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, so, you know, you, ha you have to think that plays well. 
in, in uh, you know, North Texas, people want to start talking about them. They don't even have a baseball and softball program. Uh, they're in the same media market as SMU. I don't see it happening. Uh, apps, app state, this is going to sound weird, but I, I think ECU sees app state as more of a threat to them than Charlotte does. Uh, ECU is not in a massive urban area like Charlotte. Um, App State being in Boone, more similar to ECU in that way, at least culturally, if that makes sense. So I, I, th- I think this, this is going to fall in our hands. What do you, what do you think, brother? I mean, everything seems positive so far. I'm, I've, I've been cautiously optimistic almost this whole time. So I'm kind of going to stick with that. You know, I don't want to count any chickens before they hatch, but, you know, it seems like things are trending in the right direction. Um, so, you know, you just got to keep crossing our fingers and hopefully everything falls right, you know, and because you just, you don't want to be left out of the dust, you know, that that's my biggest concern. So as long as we end up in the right spot, which I trust our leadership um, with President Kelly and Brian White. So. I think they're going to get the job done, whether if that's in the American or, you know, coming up with some all the crazy alternative plan, maybe some restructuring of conferences. So um, I think every, I think whatever happens, it's going to fall right. You know, it's going to be best for the program. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, full confidence in those two to lead us uh, to greener pastures, wherever that is. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, it could be worse. It could be FIU where there is um, just, a complete dumpster fire. I mean, there, there's no plan. There's, there's nothing there. Well, I'm kind of going to FIU talking about them. It's just, what's crazy to me is just when I was looking over like social media after the game on Saturday and Sunday, it's just like their fan base doesn't even seem to care. It just seems completely apathetic at this point. Like it, it's yeah. kind of sad, you know, yeah. they just, they don't care anymore, but I, I can not blame them at this point because it, I, I wouldn't. You know, it's been if I was two, in that position. Two, it's been two years of just two and a half years. I mean, since that Miami game, that Miami game probably gave them some false hope because that season overall was a huge disappointment until they beat Miami. Yeah. So it, it's it's kind of sad what's going down down south because you know they don't look like it's a program heading in the right direction without some really serious changes at the top, not just with Butch Davis. Yeah, I, I mean that includes uh, Pete Garcia, athletic director, who's you know been widely talked about over the last decade. Uh, maybe even their university president Rosenberg, who's been there for a long while as well. Uh, I I don't know about it. Maybe they should just get uh, is it Idaho? Yeah, Idaho, who who was in the uh, WAC, went independent, couldn't make it work, then just said screw it, we're gonna go to the FCS. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, almost 60,000 students. No one cares. You look at the uh, FIU athletics Twitter account. They had like one tweet about football, but like eight about soccer. I mean, their soccer team's good. They're ranked. They're but ranked, there's like, yeah. yeah, but there's no other interaction when it comes to their soccer. At least like FAU soccer. Yeah, it's not as big, but at least they're starting to see some interaction there, especially at the men's side is, is really improving, by the way, guys. Uh, good 2-2 two, yeah. two draw uh, at South Carolina. Um I, so I, I don't know that that Miami game false hope. They haven't won an FBS game since it's dumpster fire. So I don't know. So that all being said, I mean, I, it, damn nice to be an FAUL. That's for sure. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Could be down there. So, uh, or Hey, could be, could be in Tampa. <laughs> Think about that. guys. us as two Tampanians, man, we could have been bulls. So. Uh, thank you so much for everyone to uh, tuning in. A quick reminder that uh, the podcast is on FU Owl's Nest and on YouTube. 
uh, every Tuesday morning, then goes up uh, everywhere else, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Wednesday mornings. Uh, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, hey, and don't forget to interact with uh, at Inside the Borough uh, as well on Twitter. Uh, we're, you know, we're trying to you know, get that out there, especially during games. We'd love to talk to you all, uh, have some like, live reactions and see how everyone else is doing during these games. So uh, feel free to, to talk to us there as well. We'll make sure to reiterate some of the points and comments you guys say. Uh, and yeah, and, and hopefully there'll be a lot of good comments because we'll be uh, four and two next week. Two and oh in conference play. Massive, massive, massive. Would not be better than that. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate you guys and uh, go Owls.